Hi, uh, it's me in editing, and I just want you to know that before this show actually starts, um, this will actually only be the NFC. I know I said every team, but this will only be the NFC, and that's because this was so much longer than I was ever expecting it to be, and my throat hurt so bad and my voice was so bad you can kind of hear it now so instead of beating up my vocal cords for another hour i'm just gonna split it into two parts and the next part will be coming out soon hello and welcome to penalty on the podcaster i just want to talk the podcast where i just talk about things relating to the nfl that i want to talk about still need to fix that description of the podcast but here we are with another episode and This one, I think, is going to be really good, really fun, really interesting. Predicting the floor and ceiling of each NFL team and where they're probably going to end up. So, like, what their record's going to be if they make the playoffs, what round of the playoffs they lose in, or if they win the whole thing. And the thing is, I'm also going to be talking about how they get to their floor and ceiling and where my, and how they get to where my prediction is. Um, I'm really excited, and this is one of the last episodes of season one of Penalty on the Podcaster. Season two will begin on September 6th, uh, the Wednesday before, the day before opening day of the NFL season. I can't believe it's actually been a whole year almost a whole year until since I started this podcast and I'm going to be in high school in about a week so a lot has happened since I started this podcast but yeah season two is coming up this will be the one of the last episodes of season one I'm also hoping to do an update on the top free agents on the market episode I did a little while back And I also want to do an episode on the Rams. But right now, this is very urgent to get it done before any team actually has a win or a loss. Or a tie, of course. So, before we get into it, just a few messages. Number one, this podcast is not currently sponsored. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, uh, contact me. My email will be in the description. Also, if you want to contact me for whatever reason, my email will also be in the description. This podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, RSS Community, and Google Podcasts. If you would like to listen to the podcast on any of those platforms, the links will be in the description below. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Help the channel grow. Costs nothing. Takes about a second, and you can always undo it if you change your mind later. And without further ado, let's get into this show. So, what I'm going to do this is really the way every NFL team is engraved in my mind, which is I'll go through the standings, NFC first, then AFC, and it will be East, West, North, South, because that's how my brain has decided to store that information, because when you look at Google, that's how the information is displayed. So, let's start with the defending NFC champions and almost Super Bowl champions, save for a few bad calls, 
the Eagles. I think their floor is pretty high. I think it's 11-6. and six And uh, losing in the divisional. How I think they get there. Well, Jalen... Some of the stars like Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Hassan Reddick, Darius Slay get injured or have a down year and don't produce. Uh, Jalen Carter turns out not to be as good as he looks in the preseason and practice and as he looked in college. And just some bad luck and bad calls just leave them at 11-6 and six and losing in the divisional. Their ceiling, 16-1 and one, Super Bowl champs. This is the team that only lost one game, which was riddled with bad calls against them, when their quarterback was healthy, Jalen Hurts, the superstar. When he was injured, they lost two games, so both games he was injured, so it does not bode well for them. If he gets injured, but the way they can get to 16 and 1 in Super Bowl champs is have officiating go their way, uh, get just good luck, um, and all their stars just stay healthy and produce like they did last year, or even better, or even maybe just a little lower, and they can still pull this off. Where I think they'll end up is 15 and 2 Super Bowl champs. Um, one game under their 16-1 and one ceiling. I think getting there is just the way that they would get to uh, their ceiling. Just all the stars stay pretty healthy, maybe only missing a few games. And they produce like they did before, give or take, just a little. And I think I predict them to be the Super Bowl champions. And they were extremely good, and they were inches away from from winning a Super Bowl. And I still maintain that Patrick Mahomes threw an uncatchable ball, so the holding shouldn't have been called. Regardless, moving on, Dallas Cowboys. I think their floor is about seven and ten, and missing the playoffs. There's and the way they get there is injuries. Um, Tony Pollard is already out for much of the season, I think. Uh, Deuce Vaughn doesn't play as well as he should. Uh, just some injuries. And Dak getting injured again. And Cooper Rush not having a miracle season. And they're also in an extremely competitive division, having to play the Eagles twice a year. And they also have to play the Giants who are trending up and the Commanders with Sam Howell. Sam Howell to Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin is very scary. And so they aren't in an easy division to win. So that's why their floor is so low. Their ceiling is probably 11-6 and six and losing in the divisional. How they get there, all their stars stay healthy. And... They just play wet as well as they should, but they're just not the team to do much better, especially in a very competitive division, and especially, you know, with their schedule. Like, their division opponents are extremely competitive, so 
that's all I'm expecting from them. Where I think they'll end up, yeah, probably at their ceiling. Or, no, I think they'll actually end up at 10-7 and 7 with a wild card loss. Who knows? Maybe they'll face the 49ers again. And we get to see another dumb play to end things. The Cowboys just, against the 49ers in the playoffs, have had the dumbest plays in history. Like a QB draw as t- up the middle as time expires. Um, having Ezekiel Elliott at center and then throwing short of the sticks. Like, that was a trick play that did not work one bit. All right, moving on, New York Giants. Their GM has been doing incredible. I'm going to be doing an episode about that uh, soon. Recently, they have added by trade for a seventh round pick, former eighth overall pick, Isaiah Simmons, who is a safety linebacker or something. ESPN says he's a safety. I think I've heard he's a linebacker elsewhere. Anyway, he's a pretty good player, having 7.5 sacks. In and over seven forced fumbles in only three seasons. Uh, regardless, they they're just a better team. Of course, they are overpaying their quarterback by a large amount, but they have retained Saquon Barkley, who's my starting running back in fantasy. Hope he does well. Anyway, Daniel Jones. I think his season was a miracle. He was like terrible. And then he got kind of good, and then he got a huge contract. So they are overpaying him. Anyway, Darius Slayton is pretty good. Saquon Barkley, pretty good. And their defense, they got Dexter Lawrence. And their defense is pretty good, of course, Isaiah Simmons. And so their their defense isn't going to be... Horrible, I don't think, especially with such a great interior of their offensive line. Of course, anchored by Dexter Lawrence. I think their floor is, it's low. It's 6-11. and 11. How they get there, injuries, Danny Dimes reverts to his former self, trips over a few blades of grass. They are playing in a division with the Eagles, Cowboys, and Commanders. So it's a very tough division to do well in. Um, And maybe just a few injuries. Maybe Saquon Barkley doesn't do as well as he should. And they continue to have receiver issues. Kenny Galladay. Um, And their ceiling is probably 9-8, 7 seed. And get their butts kicked in the wild card. Or pull off a miracle upset, but I think they will not do well. I, I think their their ceiling is around seven and ten, uh, and losing in the wild card round. I mean, ten and seven and losing in the wild card round. I how they get there? Everyone stays healthy and they do exactly the same thing they did last year. Defense shows up. Danny Dimes stays okay. Saquon Barkley has another pretty good season. And their receiver issues don't get too bad. Where I think they'll end up is 
nine and eight, probably seven seed, blown out in the wild card round. <clears throat> or maybe just not making the playoffs with that. But I think they'll get blown out in the wild card round. Um, unfortunately for them, they are in a competitive division, of course, but how they get there, they just play like they did last year, but lose a game more. Moving on to the Washington Commanders. I think their ceiling is... Starting off with the ceiling now, wow. Nine and eight, they're still a rebuilding team, trying to get rid of the taint of Dan Snyder. He finally officially sold. Um, yeah, he's gone. Good riddance. No one likes that guy anyway. He, um, the worst owner in all, all of sports history is out of the league, finally. So I think they'll do better. Their ceiling is probably 10 and 7. And how they get there, Sam Howell follows up a pretty good end to his rookie season with a great second season. He has a lot of promise. Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dodson make up one of the best receiving duos in the league. They are seriously good. Their running backs do pretty well with Brian Robinson. And their defense does really well with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. And Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And I think that is how the Washington Commanders end up hitting their ceiling. And hopefully they get rid of that commander's name. I mean, the commies, come on. Also, my voice magically sounds better. It is magically better. The magic of editing. Also, I had a cough drop between clips. The commander's floor, however, is not very pretty. It's somewhere around 5 and 12. And the way they hit this is Sam Howell doesn't do well. People get injured. Their defense doesn't do well. They have a really good defensive line, but if those guys get injured, then that will be disastrous for them. Also, their running backs don't do well, and I think that's how they hit a 5-12 and record. Where I think they'll end up, I think they're in the middle of a rebuild, so I think they'll end up at 7-12. and 10. Um, or actually, I think they'll end up at 8 and 9, doing better, still rebuilding, but not quite a playoff team yet. I still predict them to be at the bottom of an extremely competitive division. Alright, done with the NFC East, now to the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers. Their floor is very high. Their ceiling is incredibly high. And I think they'll end up doing pretty well. So their floor, in my opinion, is probably a 7 and 10. And the way they get there, Nick Bosa's contract holdout lasts forever. And their important guys get injured. Sam Darnold stays Sam Darnold. 
Trey Lance isn't very good, and Brock Purdy doesn't recover well enough to play until this season is basically lost. Also, CMC's injury issues strike again, as well as those of Debo Samuel. And for their ceiling, is it's probably 15-2 and two Super Bowl champions. The way they get there is Nick Bosa's contract holdout uh, doesn't last long. And uh, Sam Darnold is good enough that the rest of this star-studded team uh, can do their jobs. And or, and or he gets hurt. And Trey Lance is pretty good, or good enough at least. And or Brock Purdy recovers fast enough to play a meaningful role. Um, and their defense just keeps doing what it's doing doing, but that is based on Nick Bosa not holding out any long not holding out well into the season. And their defense with uh, Armstead and Dre Greenlaw, whose full name is actually Keandre Greenlaw, and Shavarius Ward and Tanaloha Funga, and Fred Warner is Fred Warner. And also, CMC has another electric season, and Debo Samuel is back to his 2021 form. And uh, their offensive line stays great, George Kittle stays great, and all of these people stay healthy, and I think that's how they get to their ceiling. Where I think they'll end up is 13-4 and four and losing the NFC Championship to the Eagles again. Except I'm expecting this NFC Championship to actually be good, you know. Um, the way they get there is everyone stays healthy. Brock Purdy can recover in time for the playoffs. Or at least a good end of the season. Sam Darnold is good for once in his life. Or Trey Lance is good for once in his life again. And everyone stays healthy. The Nick Bosa contract holdout ends fairly quickly. Um, And everyone just performs like they can. And I'm hoping none of this happens. Yeah, go Rams. I hope that Nick Bosa's contract holdout lasts long enough for him to go to the Rams and so the Rams win the Super Bowl and the 49ers lose every game of the season and be the first team to go 0-17. But, of course, that's not going to happen. That's just my wishful thinking. It's not even thinking. It's my wish, my dream. Not going to happen, though. They're probably going to go 13-4 uh, and 4 and lose the NFC Championship. Moving down the ladder to my second most hated team and the second rival to my favorite team, the Rams. What a coincidence. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. They had an interesting season last time. They made the playoffs. They shouldn't have their last game against the Rams was a horribly officiated nightmare. Like, everywhere they you go, like, every time the Rams make a play, oh, sorry, penalty. Geno Smith whacks Jalen Ramsey, and Jalen Ramsey just braces out of bounds. Oh, that's 15, that's 15 yards. 
DK Metcalf pulls Jalen Ramsey's face mask after a play. Well, that didn't happen. It was a mess, but I don't think they'll make the playoffs again because like, I just don't think they will. The They relied on a lot of... They needed every bad call in that game to make the playoffs, but I don't think it will happen this year. Oh, also, if my voice fluctuates and gets better and worse and better and worse, um, I have a weird, like, sore throat today. My voice just doesn't want to cooperate with me. So if my voice gets better, just know I probably paused the recording, walked away, and had a cough drop or some honey or drink water or something like that. Um, anyway, I think their floor is 6 and 11, and I just don't see them being as good as they were last year. The way they get there is Geno Smith is old Geno Smith, and their guys get injured. Kenneth Walker's big rookie season was just a fluke, <coughs> and their defense doesn't do well at all. Their ceiling is probably 10-7, and seven and losing in the divisional, but I don't think that's going to happen. The way they get there is just everyone plays like they did last year, maybe slightly better. Kenneth Walker gets more reps and gets becomes more of a focus in the offense after seeing what he did last season, and I think they will go. Um, probably not eight and nine and missed the postseason like they should have last season. I don't see much changing for them. They're in a division with the 49ers, and which is never a good thing. And you know, they should have gone eight and nine last season, missed the postseason, but I think they will do it this year. And I think that, yeah, I just think they'll go eight and nine and miss the postseason. I don't think anything like. I don't think anything has to be said about that. I think they get there just by acting the same as last season. On to the best team in all of football ever, the Rams, uh, rightful Super Bowl fifty-seven champions. It's just a joke. Um, my beloved hometown team that, you know, hasn't been doing so hot lately. It's mostly a result of their uh, strategy where they go all in for one season or two seasons and then they lose everyone and then a year or two down the road they're hit with a big bill of what they have to pay and now they're in all sorts of trouble and so all the other teams come in and scavenge them for parts and then they rebuild and then go at it again. That's really the summary of their strategy, and it did work. They did win Super Bowl 56, and they could have repeated, except they had to start 13 offensive linemen because everyone got hurt. Aaron Donald got hurt. Matthew Stafford got hurt, and his backup, John Wolford, oh, he got hurt too. Cooper Cup got hurt. Allen Robinson got hurt. Backup Lance McCutcheon got hurt. Everyone got hurt. Um, 
Terrell Lewis got hurt. Um, their other edge rusher who also shared a starting job with Lewis, uh, Justin Holland, he got waived. Uh, he was really good in 2021, but then he got hurt. Uh, Kobe Durant had an amazing interception. Her that sealed the win for the Rams in uh, an early game against the Falcons. Well, he got hurt on that play, too. He came back for a little, but he only played in 11 games. Darian Kendrick. Well, he got hurt, too. Uh, Jordan Fuller. Um, oh, he didn't get hurt. Oh, yeah, he did. He got very hurt. And, like, they just had the worst injury luck. It's so interesting. 49ers fans are interesting to me because when they blow the Super Bowl and and lose to Patrick Mahomes, I mean, oh, who could have predicted that coming from a coach who was the offensive coordinator in a team that lost when up 28 to 3, failed to put up any more points. But it's just odd to me like how when they blow the Super Bowl and they get hurt and they don't do well the next season, oh, injuries, injuries, injuries. And they're right, they did get injured. But when the Rams win the Super Bowl, uh, we are two years away from the 49ers having a 30-year Super Bowl drought, by the way. Uh, and then they get super injured and pretty much every single starter of theirs gets injured, save for only a few. Oh, it's a fluke. Sean McVay isn't a good coach. None of these players are good. It's a fluke. The Rams do have the best defensive linemen in the NFL right now. The best interior defensive linemen in the NFL right now. Now, Nick Bosa, yeah, sure, he's better, but he's an edge rusher. Uh, If we're talking about, like, interior defensive line. Aaron Donald, the guy, the defensive tackle, he he is such a dominant factor on the Rams right now. He is incredible. A surefire Hall of Famer. And if Cooper Cup can get back to what he was in 2021 and not get hurt, and Stafford too, that will be incredible. They did lose Jalen Ramsey, but Kobe Durant is... An incredible corner could have won Defensive Rookie of the Year if he had stayed healthy. He had more picks than Sauce Gardner and as many touchdowns in fewer than half the games Sauce started. And he only started once, Kobe Durant. But that being said, their floor is 4-13. and um, It's not good. They are still in the middle of an extremely painful rebuild. So, but they are getting some more talent through the draft now. And, but how they get their injuries again and their rookies just can't show up. Their playoff games have been, not playoff, their preseason games have not been promising at all. And uh, I just hope enough people stay healthy that we don't really have to break out the second teams.
because that was those are painful to watch. Stetson Bennett is okay, I guess. He still has a long way to go. But their ceiling is um ten and seven and no, it's nine and eight and getting absolutely destroyed in the wild card round. How they get there, everyone stays healthy and performs like Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford perform and Aaron Donald perform to their potential, but Akers, Cam Akers isn't very good and is still declining and their rookies and young, very young players can't cover and they can't show up and they just need more time to develop so they'll be good in the future but they just won't be good now. Where I think they'll end up 7 and 10 I think is to be expected. I think they will be better than last season. It and the way they get there is moderate injuries but enough people stay healthy. Uh rookies and their young players second and third year players just don't do just aren't ready and they just don't do well enough uh and probably when the season is pretty much lost more rookies uh get reps and more backups get reps um playing in the regular season but really i just can't see this team doing much better but i think they have it in them to not do worse than seven and ten on to the Arizona Cardinals, the guys who traded a former 8th overall pick for a 7th rounder just today. Um, well, there's a lot to go over. Kyler Murray is looking to be a horrible mistake, and they're paying him so much money. Um, their receiver situation has gotten much worse, of with the loss of DeAndre Hopkins. They still have Zach Ertz at tight end. They still have Marquise Hollywood-Brown. They still have James Conner, who's a pretty solid running back, I would say. Um, and really, they don't have much going for them. They've lost uh, J.J. Watt. They've lost a lot of defenders. They do have one of the best safeties in the game, uh, Buda Baker, um, and that's actually not his real name, uh, he was named that way because when he was a kid, he was a chubby and had pretty bad eyesight, um, I forgot how I found that one out, but it's true, and I think their floor is 3 and 14, um, they're just, they do it by playing like they they did last year and they just aren't good. Their receiver room can't keep up with the permanent loss of D Hop. Uh Murray's regression continues and he uh and his feud with the team gets pretty bad. Their defense without JJ Watt uh kinda sucks and uh, their secondary, even though they have Buda Baker, can't show up. They do have, and they get injuries, and they just lose a bunch. 
And their ceiling is probably eight and nine. I don't expect them to do anything this season. And the way they get to that is everyone stays healthy and plays well, but Murray just isn't good anymore. Uh, James Conner has another solid but nothing to write home about season. And the receiver room plays to its potential but is still coping with the loss of DeAndre Hopkins. Where I think they'll end up probably uh five and twelve or six I think they'll end up five and twelve. And it's just by just not being a good football team and playing like they did last season and maybe some injuries thrown in there for a little more fun. Uh, I personally hope they go with the 5-12 and 12 thing or maybe even the 3-14 and 14 thing because, again, I'm a huge Rams fan. Now, on to the NFC North. With that transition into the NFC North, we are officially a quarter way done with the most difficult and what is going to be longest episode I've ever made. We are over half an hour. We're over half an hour through one quarter of this, and I'm going to try to speed this up this last three quarters because I planned 0% of this. And, um... This is the most difficult episode I've ever made because my my voice and throat don't want to cooperate with me. Yippee, but still doing this. So, starting with the Vikings, they had an incredible season last season, and they had a disappointing playoff finish, but I think they have the uh, building blocks to do something great this season. For their floor, I think eight and nine, and uh, a wild card loss is their floor. Uh, for their ceiling, I think it is fourteen, and for their ceiling, I think it is thirteen and four, and a loss in the divisional, and. For their floor, how they get their injuries, that was just a one-year fluke. And I think that's how they do it. Kirk Cousins goes back to bad. Um, their receiving core doesn't do as well because they don't have Adam Thielen, who was a very good number two wide receiver. And their running game suffers because they don't have Dalvin Cook, which is something that is really dangerous for them. Uh, And their defense underperforms. How they get to their ceiling, um, their defense does well, and Kirk Cousins stays in his 2022 form. Justin Jefferson and the rest of the receivers are able to cope with Thielen's departure, and they don't need a uh, as solid a running game uh, as they used to have 
Or they can have another running back do as well as Dalvin Cook, but that's very unlikely. I think they'll end up at 11-6 and and lose the divisional. The loss of Cook is extremely bad for them. And, but I think they can cope with the offensive player of the year on their team. And I think they can just make, make something happen. For the Detroit Lions, I think their floor is 8-9. and nine, And their ceiling is 10-7 and seven divisional loss. I think they will end up at 10 and 7 and lose in the wild card round. They have Dan Campbell, a great coach. They have Amon Ross St. Brown, a great receiver. <clears throat> they have Jameer Gibbs, a promising rookie running back. They have Jared Goff, someone who is shaping up to make a comeback in his career. And they have a pretty stout defense with uh, a great pass rusher, Aiden Hutchinson, who should have been the number one overall pick. Lions got super lucky. And they also have Kirby Joseph, an incredible safety. They really can do something great here in this season. But the way they hit their floor is they go back to their 2021 selves. People get injured. Jared Goff isn't actually that good. And they just get injured and end up like that. And uh, Aiden Hutchinson has a regression. The way they get to 10-7 and and losing in the divisional or the wild card is... Uh, really just playing like they did before, getting a bit luckier, um, starting off well, uh, having a not having bad officiating in Rams, Seahawks games derail their wild card chances. Still bitter about that one. Um, and just playing to their full potential. But they ended the season off incredibly well, but they started it pretty poorly. And that's what led to their demise. So really just starting off well, but continuing that for the rest of the season. Now on to the Chicago Bears, the worst team in the NFL who traded the number one overall pick. Um, their floor is bad. Three and fourteen. Their ceiling not much better. Seven and ten. Uh, really, this is a team that's rebuilding. They have all new linebackers, but they did trade away Roquan Smith. They traded away a Khalil Mack. They traded away Robert Quinn. And their defense has been like pillage, <laughs> really. For as many picks as the Bears can get, they did make their offense better, getting DJ Moore and uh, Deontay Foreman. Uh, their 
quarterback Justin Fields can be really great. He had over a thousand yards rushing, and if they surround him with the right team and they make their offensive line better, I think they drafted a alignment, so that's good. But if they can make the cast around him good, he will be good. And but the way they lose a lot is they just don't get better and they stay bad. Really, injuries don't help. Um, the way they ha- get to seven and ten, Justin Fields gets even better. DJ Moore proves to be just what Fields needs. Deontay Foreman and the other running backs can provide salt. So- Solid support in the run game. The offensive line can finally block for more than a second. And the defense doesn't struggle too much with the loss of everyone. Hopefully, TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds make things better. I think they'll end up at 5-12. and 12. And really, it's just by, by like being good but being the bears and like being promising but just being bad simply because they're the chicago bears and they're in the middle of a huge rebuild uh their defense lets up too many points because tj edwards and tremaine edmonds can't do everything and their offensive line doesn't show much improvement and that's how they get to 5 and 12. And now it's time for the NFC South. Starting things off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to be worse than they were last season. Of course, they are a worse team. And I think that their floor is 5 and 12. It is bad. They are in the middle of what is Well, they're at the start, really, of what is going to be an absolutely brutal rebuild where they're going to have to tear down pretty much the entire team and build it back up, especially at quarterback. And if they can do what... Like, if they can do poorly enough or or trade for a top pick, there are going to be Bo Nix, Caleb Williams... Michael Penix, Drake May, um, not in any particular order of how they're going to go. But it is going to be an insane quarterback draft class. And so if the Bucks can do poorly enough, they can get one of those quarterbacks. The receivers are pretty good, Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans, but they're... Quarterback situation is tough. Their running back situation is pretty tough as well. And their defense is all right, but could be better. And, but I think their floor is 5-12. and 12. How they get there, Baker Mayfield is Baker Mayfield. Uh, their receivers are good, but they just can't compensate for Baker Mayfield. The run game isn't as good as it should be and the defense is just average um or even worse they're sealing eight and nine and losing in the wild card round because they're in a horrible horrible division um and 
maybe they'll win it again with another 8-9 season. How they get there, Baker Mayfield is like 2020 Baker Mayfield. Um, the run game with Richard White is good. Their defense steps up. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans step up. Mike Evans delivers another 1,000-yard season, which is almost guaranteed from him at this point. And they just play well. Where I think they'll end up, 7-10. and 10, Nothing special. They do have a, some good receivers. Their running game could be worse. Their defense could be worse. 7-10 and 10 is appropriate, I think. How they get there, they just play like they should be playing. Like a team of their... They just play like a team of their caliber should be playing. And, yeah, they get to 7-10. and 10. Carolina Panthers. This one is so interesting because with the top pick, they selected a guy who has had very little preseason reps and has done very little in the preseason. And a guy who just came back from a Liz Frank injury who's in his second year and never started. Their quarterback situation is rough and... They're probably going to be throwing either Bryce Young or Matt Corral to the Wolves. You know, they don't have Sam Darnold anymore. They're probably going to be throwing one of those guys to the Wolves and probably ruin their career, kind of like Deshaun Kaiser's career got ruined, but he wasn't even that good to begin with. But I hope, like, it's just kind of stupid that they would take a young quarterback instead of getting a veteran. Like, they would trade so much for the top pick when they have a a guy coming back from an injury that kept him out of his first season. And instead of maybe trading for an older veteran who can help this guy, Matt Corral, develop... Instead, they had to go for Bryce Young. And, like, the worst part about this is if they failed, they still had another run at getting an incredible quarterback. So, there's really no point to what they did. But they do have a new quarterback. I was going to say promising, but he has not been promising. They lost DJ Moore. They lost Deonta Foreman. They have uh, Raheem Blackshear, who was good against the Seahawks. I think that's all I remember of him from last season. But their running game shouldn't be horrible. Blackshear is quite promising. Their defense, they do have Brian Burns. They should be okay. It's just where their offense is, is just kind of worrying especially given that they're trying to develop a first round like a first overall pick this is not a season that's going to go well for them floor three and 14 ceiling eight and nine and losing in the wild card round um i don't think they're going to win the division or go to the playoffs they will probably go 7-10, and 10, miss the postseason. The way they get to their floor, Bryce Young is 
in his preseason form and is just not NFL ready. The receivers can't step up after losing DJ Moore. Their running game can't step up after losing their running backs. Their defense just can't perform, and they end up at 3-14. and 14. How they get to my prediction, 7-10. and 10. Bryce Young slash Matt Corral do okay in their first season. Their receivers can kind of cope, and their defense does well, and their running game can kind of cope, but they just can't make something good happen. <clears throat> and then how they get to 8-9, and nine, it's pretty much they get lucky, and everyone has a pretty good seat. Every like good player has a very good season to be able to get to 8-9. and nine. And now for the Saints. This is a team I think can do great things. They've added Derek Carr, who who can throw to such talented receivers as Chris Olave and Michael Thomas. Olave was probably sec- second for Offensive Rookie of the Year. He was extremely good. Um, Alvin Kamara is suspended, but they do have Jamal Williams, and that will help them do so much this season. And their defense, they have Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger. They have Cam Jordan giving quarterbacks a lot of trouble. And they have Marshawn Lattimore. So this is a solid team that I expect to win this division. Their floor is probably um, 7-10. and 10. And their ceiling is 12-5, and five, losing the divisional. And I think they will end up at 10-7, and seven, losing the divisional, but winning the NFC South. Um, how they get to their floor, Derek Carr doesn't show up. Olave proves his season is, his rookie season was a fluke. Um... The decline of Michael Thomas continues. Injuries, 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 of course. And then there's Jamal Williams not being able to run long distance. And they will be getting Alvin Kamara back. But um, he will he will miss games. So... And how can they get to their ceiling? Everyone does well. Derek Carr fits right in and does what Andy Dalton couldn't. Low bar. But with Olave and Thomas as offensive weapons, he should do incredible, especially when Alvin Kamara gets back. And if everyone stays healthy and that defense keeps doing what it's been doing best, then they will reach their ceiling. How they get to 10-7 and seven, losing in the divisional is really Derek Carr fits in pretty well. But, of course, there will be a few bumps being it's his first year with the team. Uh, and really, everyone just plays well, but they just get outplayed by their opponents. Injuries are limited. And that's how they get to 10-7 and seven and losing in the divisional. 
Now to the Atlanta Falcons, the only team I think that would compete with the Saints for the division championship. Um, the Falcons, Dirty Birds, my mom's favorite team. I love to make fun of her and her team about, you know, the Falcons not being so good in previous years. But Kyle Pitts will be back. Drake London has been doing really well. And their quarterback, Desmond Ritter, has proven himself to be good enough. They also got the best running back in the class, Bijan Robinson. And they still have the best, if you count career touchdowns, as best kick returner in the NFL ever. Most career kickoff returns for touchdowns, Corderell Patterson. And their defense is pretty good, Grady Jarrett. The only guy who could possibly compete with Aaron Donald for win rate um, ever. And they, their defense, will, will, uh, A.J. Terrell will be back with a vengeance. So really their floor is 6-11. and 11. Their ceiling is 11-6, uh, and six, losing in the divisional. My prediction is the that they will lose in the wild card round with a nine and eight record just squeaking in and that's really like they can get to their floor by Desmond Ritter and Drake London proving that their first seasons were flukes and Kyle Pitts not getting back to form and Bijan Robinson not playing as advertised in college. Um, the way they and their defense just allowing too many points and injuries. How they get to their ceiling 11 and 6 is everyone plays well. Kyle Pitts comes back, AJ Terrell comes back, and everyone just plays well and they just get outplayed a little. How they get to 9-8 and eight is just they play like the Falcons. They Falcon a few games, but mostly they, everyone plays like they should, and they don't get injured much. So I'm actually going to be turning this episode, because it's almost an hour long right now, into a two-parter. This will be the NFC edition. Um, so playoff picture, as I think it will be, uh, number one, Eagles. Number two, 49ers. Number three, Vikings. And number four, Saints. Number five, Cowboys. Number six, Lions. Number seven, Falcons. Um, thank you all for listening for all of this. This beat up my vocal cords so much. This recording lasted around... Four and a half hours from start to finish because I had to take so many breaks. Um, this is by far the longest and most difficult episode I've ever made, so I'm cutting it short here. There will be an AFC version. Um, so thank you for listening. If you've listened all the way, remember this podcast doesn't even have a sponsor, so I'm not getting paid for this. Um, 
If you'd like to sponsor this podcast or contact me for whatever reason, my email is in the description. Um, Also, this podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, RSS Community, and Google Podcasts. The links to all of those platforms for this page is in those are all in the description if you're on if you are on youtube please like and subscribe it helps the channel grow it costs absolutely nothing takes about a second and you can always undo it if you change your mind later um that being said thanks for listening i hope you've enjoyed this edition of penalty on the podcaster i just want to talk you'll hear more of me next episode